0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Podcast ads are the worst, right? Everyone hates them. You can get Saints Happy Hour ad-free by becoming a patron. That's right. Patrons get access to every show ad-free. No This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints Happy Podcast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's it's painful. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. We got some technical notes today. Hurricane Nicholas wiped out my internet, so I apologize for the audio. But we have Thomas with us. He's doing more full-time stuff with us now, so he saved the day. He's recording this video, audio. He's going to cut it up later. So uh, we're doing the best we can, Andrew. Tropical Storm Nicholas, he got us. Um, This show is free. Uh, To pay to everyone, but patrons—they got it on Wednesday. Everybody else, you get it on Thursday. We're gonna talk about Andrew's grades. You should become a ten-dollar patron, and you get Andrew's grades every single week. He eats the tape. He's grading the saints. It's amazing. You get the written version. You get this podcast version. So if you're thinking of joining, join ten-dollar level plus. My wife will send you a booze bundle. It's amazing. You should do it, Andrew. I want to. I want to start start the show, and I don't know how to. (laughs) I don't know how to transition good, so I, I want to start the show on a somber note. Former Saints linebacker, Paris Harrelson,
0: mm. he
1: passed away, and it makes me incredibly sad whenever a former Saints player passed away, but he hit me in a, in a really strange way. I had a great affection for him. One, just mispronouncing his name, I feel like me and him were bonded, but <laughs> he he was my favorite because in 2013, the Saints – a plague hit their linebacker and they literally ran out of linebackers, panic traded for him like a week and a half before the season started. He started at linebacker and he was pretty good for two years.
0: He was pretty good, yeah. So, you know, he he was not a modern day linebacker he was very much a run defender physical linebacker and so you know as as the game evolved i don't know that you know as he got into his 30s i don't know that he uh, evolved with the game so to speak so like his his breed of linebacker has been kind of dying out but uh, at the time like you said it was just a critical add for the saints and they only gave up a 7th round pick it looked like the 49ers were unloading him And uh, so the Saints said, hey, don't cut him. We'll give you a seventh round pick for him because we need a linebacker. Uh, And the Saints, I remember they fast track started him uh, week one of the season. And, you know, he he was a linebacker that would come in on obvious running down. So he didn't play the whole game, but he had a role with that team right from the very beginning. And I remember he sacked Matt Ryan uh, in the very first game that he played. Uh, And the Saints won 23 to 17. Uh, yeah. And, you know, that was a critical play. And I remember the play before that. He stuffed Steven Jackson at the line of scrimmage. This was like in the third quarter. He stuffed yeah. Steven Jackson. And then on the very next play, he gets a sack. And I'm like, holy shit, who's this new linebacker we got? He's good.
1: He's really good, He's Yeah. Helping helping the Saints beat Atlanta. If, yeah. you told, if you told us go into that game, you... Have to give up a seventh round pick to ensure you beat Atlanta today, would have been like, we'll give you a sec, we'll give you a first to beat Atlanta today. Like for him to do that, it's just amazing and it's incredibly sad. He was 37 and we just want we just wanted to acknowledge it because he was he was one of our yeah,
0: favorites. I mean, a couple things, you know, so I had a connection with uh, Paris Harrelson in the sense that I in a roundabout way I got some intel from him. On Junior Galette years ago, I won't get into the details of it, but I was able to break news on a Junior Galette thing because of Paris Harrelson. So uh, he hooked me up there, and that was cool. Uh, he he was a uh, a great guy. Like you hear any of his former teammates talk about him. And, uh, you know, they had some things to say and, and yeah, I texted some of his former teammates and uh, I found out that it was a brain aneurysm uh, at 37 years of age. So, uh, that is completely tragic and you don't know, you know, what, what, uh, what football had to do with that, but I'm not going to put that out there on Twitter, you know, out of respect to his family and everything. But, uh, that, that's the word that I got is that it was a a brain issue. Um, and it happened suddenly. So very, very yeah. sad. Obviously thoughts go out, um, And, uh, you know, Jonathan Goodwin played with him both in San Francisco and with the Saints. Um, And he just had the most amazing things to say. You know, Goody, I think Goody's personality is maybe a little bit shyer, you know, a little bit more reserved. And, uh, you know, he told me that Paris Harrelson was one of those gregarious, outgoing guys, kind of like Craig Robertson, but maybe Mm -hmm. even more professional. You know, he was a total like work hard, show up to work uh p- teammates loved him and he, he just said he was one of those like outgoing guys that was super cool with him throughout his career and uh that he was one of those guys post career he says you know once you leave the football field some guys you never hear back from and paris harrelson was one of those guys that was always texting being like checking up on you how you doing kind of thing uh so was a great dude um and uh i'm glad we got a chance to talk about him because he was he was a fun yeah. saint for a couple years there it
1: was a fun saying and rest in peace. And uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know how to transition away to your grades. But Andrew, as we get to your grades, as we get to your grades, I want to start on defense because the Saints they throttled the Packers. We enjoyed it. They beat them beat down. It was fantastic. But the Saints, the defense with the Saints, we had talked about. Listen. Green Bay is going to have, they're having issues on their offensive line. They're going to have three new guys. They're going to be weak in the interior. How is the Saints' run defense going to hold up? Is it going to be as good? And I know this is a weird place to start, but I read your grades, and I was like, Ringo, he, he got a B- looking good doing, doing the run stuff and things. So I was, that's where I want to start. How did the defense look stopping the run to you? And I know it's hard because the Saints skull dragged them, so they had to abandon it, but
0: well, I well they had to abandon it, and yet forty-three yards rushing on fifteen carries kind of speaks for itself. I mean, less than three yards per carry, uh, and it's I mean, Aaron Jones had five carries for nine yards. You know, Aaron Jones is uh, yeah, a top-five fantasy pick in some leagues. You know, That's Certainly right. a top ten. Cer- certainly a top ten pick. So, uh, five carries for nine yards. I mean, kind of says it all. And yes, I mean, the game got out of hand to where the Packers kind of had to abandon it, but uh you know i think a couple things about the run defense i mean demario davis first of all his diagnosis this is
2: it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the centurion lounge (sighs) is he connecting to complimentary wi-fi oh my look at that he is
0: You know, there's a lot of linebackers where they kinda get your shoulder pad or they might get a little piece of you and the running back's able to fight through that and, and fall forward and gain some yards. But he his combination of power, speed, and heavy hands is, he just gets a small piece of you and it's just it's crazy how running backs just collapse. You know, he it's I, I there are very few linebackers I've seen that play like him and yeah, you know, he reminds me a little bit of Vaughn Johnson, but with more speed. You know, That's right. and uh yeah, so he, I mean, he's a big component to it, obviously, but uh, the front was tremendous. And uh, I, I thought, obviously, Cam Jordan did his thing, but I thought Davenport was great against the run. And uh, this rotation of defensive tackles they had, it worked. Uh, the big surprise to me was Albert Huggins, who, you know, of the four defensive tackles, I would say it was maybe fourth on, on the depth chart. Um, and they, they called him up right before the game. He was a call-up from the practice squad. Uh, but I thought he had push, he had good hustle, he he was holding his blocks well. So uh, it was surprising to me to see like kind of four no-name defensive tackles all do pretty well.
1: Ryan Nielsen, the Saints defensive line coach, is the best defensive line coach coaching football today. There's not a know. better defensive line coach yeah. in, in NFL, college, wherever.
0: That well, is, I know LSU tried to give him a defensive coordinator job. I don't know how the Saints managed to keep him, but this is very much a one-year thing because well, uh, he, he's, he deserves to be a head coach.
1: Here, here's the thing with Sean Payton, and he, he it's he's not always right because he told Joe Brady this. He When Joe Brady was going to go, he went to LSU, he's like, listen, you're better off being in the NFL than being a coordinator in college. Now, you can argue that that's wrong or that's right. That's what Sean Payton believes. And also, too, they promoted Ryan Nielsen, like like Joe Brady. Joe Brady wasn't even like a full time coach with the Saints. He was like an, a coach's assistant, right? Like a kind of like a quality control guy, or so, uh, you know, like passing game coordinator. That, but Ryan Nielsen, like he's a position coach with the Saints, and I think clearly Ryan Nielsen he sees a path to be an NFL coach. And the Saints stole him from North Carolina State, so I think Ryan Nielsen's kind of made the decision. I don't want to be a college coach. I want to be I want my path to be in the NFL, and he's just—he's fantastic. fantastic. Like he he, just—he takes guys and develops them. He's done it with the Saints, a ton of guys. Like he's great.
0: Yeah, I Uh, mean, I gotta say Tano Passanio is a guy. Look, it's just one game, but but uh, he—he's kind of—he was a guy I had my eye on back when he was a rookie, and I wanted the Saints to take him, and I loved his size and his makeup. And um, I mean, what's not to like? Pick in the name
1: Ralph can't pronounce draft, right?
0: Right. Pick. But I, I remember really liking him, and it, it just never really happened with the Chiefs. He never really developed, and he, he's all—he's been all potential, not much production. And man, one game into his Saints career, you're starting to think, could, could this guy be pretty good for the Saints? So yeah. defensive—I mean, look—you never want to see uh, Davenport go down, and obviously he had a great game, but. Uh, hopefully he'll be back soon. And in the interim, you know, you've got Passigno, you've got Granderson, Peyton Turner's going to get a chance to play. So if there's one spot the Saints can sustain an injury, it's definitely a defensive end.
1: the spotify green room app and join us every wednesday night at nine o'clock we'll see you there so andrew i want to talk to the people that said that they were they were happy when in july the saints didn't sign marcus williams and they're like oh it was a good idea we didn't sign him he's not a lead he made the play against minnesota he's not he's not worth paying being a number top safety in the nfl it's not worth paying and they were happy those people were wrong in July. They're going to be wronger the longer this season goes, goes along. He made an amazing interception, but he does. Explain to people like me who aren't tape watchers, explain to me what he does where it isn't about his tackles or his interceptions, what he gives the Saints at safety that's so special.
0: Well, I think his pick kind of encapsulates what makes him special, but it, it, it's prior to that. It's the help that he gave Adebo at times when he was covering Devontae Adams, and you've got to pay attention to where he is on the field because he's a ball hawk, you know, and he, he reads the ball in the air really well. He can make plays on the ball. He, he can catch. Um, so I think he's known around the league. Teams respect him. Coordinators, you know, they have to account for him. But specifically on that deep ball, he actually, if you watch the tape, and there's a great all-22 look of it, but it, it, he basically baits Aaron Rodgers into that throw because he is covering on the right hash, and, and it looks like he's doubling on that side. So Aaron Rodgers sees that, and that's why he makes that throw because he's like, oh, I got one-on-one coverage with Chauncey Gardner johnson so I'm, I'm going to throw it down there. Uh, and I think the receiver was Lazard. It was either... Uh, Scadling or whatever, but or or it was Lazard. but he throws the deep ball with Chauncey Garner Johnson in coverage, and Marcus Williams baits him to throw that, and as soon as it comes out of his hand and he sees it's going that way, he reverses course, and you know, look, the, it was over, the ball was overthrown, but for him to have the range to break off his double and go over there. I, I just, I don't know how many safeties in the league make that play. Ed Rees, maybe maybe Ed just one. Type stuff. Ed,
1: yeah. Ed type stuff.
0: It, it's, it was an insane play. And I just, it, it, the, the the IQ to bait Rodgers into that throw, the anticipation to know that throw was coming and quickly break off this guy, the speed to get to that spot. And then it wasn't an easy catch. You know, it was kind of over the shoulder. Not a lot of safeties can catch it that cleanly. So uh, just all around elite play.
1: I forget what podcast I was listening to this, this yesterday, but it was – because I was binging all, all our Saints' happiness. I just – whenever the Saints look great, I just like binge all the, 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 the NFL content I can get. Um, yeah. and I forget who it was, but they were talking about the Saints. are like, we forget about the Saints. They have a lot of good players. And he's like, Mark – and he t- they talked about that play specifically. And he was like, the reason the Saints couldn't get the Marcus Williams deal done is teams were not expecting him to be tagged and he had ridiculous offers because other NFL teams know how special he was and they were willing to make him ridiculous offers. So he knew, he's like, I, got, I had these offers ready to go in March, Saints. That's what I want. And the Saints just kind of, they couldn't get it done. And that's part of it. Because, because, Andrew, you know, they have the tampering rules in the NFL. But you know the agents. They're talking to teams before all that. So he, he, he knew what was out there. So it makes it hard. And I'm just telling you, he's, he's great. And I hope Mickey Loomis can do Loomis math and keep him. Uh, last thing on defense, Andrew. We fretted about corner all offseason. And unvaccinated corner became Pulse a Debo right before our eyes. Um, what, what about corner? that you saw that you really liked?
0: Uh, I thought Paul Sinadiba was tremendous. And it wasn't just, look, he, he got flagged at one point, and those are the flags you live with because you want your corners to be physical. you know. And there's going to be times, I think, where he'll get flags that are frustrating. But for him to play like that against Aaron Rodgers, against the Packers, uh, against some pretty solid NFL receivers, at times he was matched up on Devontae Adams and had success, uh, which was crazy now. Look, Aaron Rodgers was not Aaron Rodgers in that game. He didn't have the accuracy, you know, but still uh, there was a number of times where Rodgers would run out of the pocket and he wouldn't throw it specifically because the coverage was so good. So, you know, that's the thing that you don't necessarily always see is how good the coverage is because the ball's not even coming his way. And Sean Payton wanted to attack him. Sorry, uh, uh, LaFleur and Rodgers wanted to attack Adibo. You could see that was in the game plan that they wanted to test him. And it really just wasn't taking. Every time they tried to test him, it didn't really work. So, uh, obviously, the pick was tremendous, and we know he has the ball skills. But it was everything else uh, that I thought was really impressive. So, uh, you know, look, it. I, I I think I gave him an A uh, or an A minus. I gave him you know defensive player of the game. Uh, so for him to play like that right out of the gate is incredible, uh, and we'll see if he can build off it.
1: Yeah. On offense, Andrew, we got to start with. The offensive line and Ruiz, who you gave a tremendous grade to. I mean, for this, they lose McCoy first series. Ruiz goes in at center. My UDFA son Throckmorton goes in at guard. Ruiz hadn't practiced at center all training camp. Dropped in, made the calls, looked amazing, and the line. It was like they didn't. It was like we didn't even notice the McCoy injury. This is tremendous. Talk about the play, but also talk about the difficulty of what the Saints pulled off shuffling
0: that line. Well, the interesting thing is that Sean Payton said this, that if Will Clapp hadn't been injured in that situation, he would have gone in for McCoy and Will Clapp would have been the center so they could keep Ruiz in place. Uh, and Will Clapp has been the backup center all of camp. Uh, but because Will Clapp went down uh, and he was on IR, he, he's, he's not available for a few weeks. Uh the saints made the decision. They didn't know who to play at center. So they're like, well, let's get Ruiz to do it. But for him to snap out of the shotgun, uh, I, I gave out three, a pluses on offense. Uh, Jameis obviously got one. Um, and then, uh, Juwan Johnson was another, but then Cesar Ruiz was my third. And yeah, I think you can make the argument that Cesar Ruiz actually deserves offensive player of the game over Jameis. I gave it to Jameis with the five touchdowns, but, uh, I, I really thought Ruiz was tremendous. And, uh, he he. W- just in isolation, if you were to watch that tape, you would say, "Holy shit!" Like this, this Saint Center is really, really good. You know, I think you would give him a high grade regardless. But when you add on top of that the difficulty of not having practice there, uh, not having any chemistry or any time doing line checks, not having any time snapping with Jameis, snapping out of the shotgun, and at a moment's notice go in there and do that—that uh, that is a level of, of stud that. I didn't believe Cesar Ruiz had, and and he all of a sudden. I don't care where he plays. I'm just glad he's on the Saints, and I'm glad he's on their offensive line, because I think he's going to be a really special player. So, uh, once again, a great draft pick, uh, tremendous game for him, which is really positive. You know, Throck. I think I've told you the story a few times before, but I'm going to tell it again for the patrons that don't know. So, Calvin Throckmorton is cousins with a coworker of mine here in Virginia. First cousins. And he's been telling, I've been working with this guy for 18 years and he started telling me about Calvin when he was like a freshman in high school. And he's like, Hey, I've got this cousin out in Seattle and he's really, really good. And he plays football and he plays tackle. And and it was so annoying because he would talk about him <laughs> all the time. And I was just like, this kid's no, never right. going to make, I was just like, yeah, just yeah, shut up yeah. already. Like th- this kid's never going to make it. But Rock Morton you know he ends up going to Oregon and I'm like okay whatever like great congratulations I guess he's a d1 player that's pretty good and then he starts and becomes an all-american and I'm like okay like pretty good and then of course the Saints take him so now like he's texting me all the time and he's it's come full circle because he was always annoyed about me being a Saints fan and all that and so now I'm texting him being like who dat Calvin and he's, like, rel- reluctantly te- texting <laughs> right, me right, back right, like, who, dad? Um, yeah. But, no, he's been super pumped about Calvin, obviously. There's just how it would transpire for him to be a UDFA and then be on the practice squad and then for him to get thrown into a game and actually play and then play the way that he did. Uh, it really was tremendous. Um, you know, there was some stuff about Throckmorton that I think it wasn't perfect. Obviously, the hit that Jameis took, the big hit on the roughing the passer, uh, was a pretty big pass play. Pass protection. You have to be really happy with the way he filled it. Yeah, and
1: you know we've talked we talked about Jameis on the big show, and we've said a ton about him. The interesting thing, though, Andrew, is at tight end, it's one game, so maybe he'll get better. And this isn't a knock on him, but Troutman looks to me like he's going to be more Josh Hill than like David Thomas, where. He looks more like a twenty twenty five catch extra offensive lineman tight end than a guy who's going to be a all around tight end that's going to give you fifty sixty catches and be what you want at tight end. Which
0: well, is okay. he got uh, he got open, Ralph. Uh, he, he he led the team with six targets. Uh, he only had three catches. He had two very very bad drops, including one that would have been a substantial gain. You know, it was like a. Fifteen yard pass probably down the field, and he, he dropped that one I mean, right right in his numbers so uh i that that's just concentration confidence issues probably uh I, I, I think he's gonna be much better than Josh Hill, but yeah, it's weird i mean he, he's definitely ahead of schedule with this blocking, and I think that's what kind of saved I gave him a C. uh I think you watch it as a layman or just someone that just watches the game the first time without watching the tape, and you're like. Troutman sucks. And I'm getting a bunch of people texting me like, holy shit, Troutman's awful. Um, And from a receiving perspective, he's behind schedule for sure. I mean, I expected him to run better routes, have better hands. Yeah, especially especially based on what he did in college, you know. And and he really was just a receiving tight end. So he's really behind schedule with uh, his pass catching, and he's way ahead of schedule with his blocking. His blocking was tremendous in this game. So uh, I I still think it's one of those things where it's just – he had a bad game. He'll have better games, but uh, he's going to have to do more. Uh, otherwise, Juwan Johnson is going to get more reps, you know, and that's one. And like, yeah, yeah. When, when, they, when they're in clear passing situations, like I think it's already the case that Troutman's going to play less and Juwan Johnson's going to play more in those situations because I mean, he's our those two touchdown catches. My God, I mean, he made them look easy. Those were not great throws by Jameis no. either. I mean, one, the, the first one—I I think the first one—you could argue he's getting hit, and he put it at a, a place where only Jawan could go get it. So, actually, that that throw is pretty good. The second throw was not good. I mean, he should have hit him right in the numbers for an easy touchdown there. But it, both times he made stupid, <laughs> stupid plays.
1: Yeah, and he—and and, and like you said on the post-game show Sunday when we did the, the instant reaction one, you're like the secret's going to be out. Like, te- like Cat's teams out are going to yeah. It's out of the bag. Um, this offense, man, the, the offensive line, look, and, and the thing is, Tony Jones Jr., he sort of gets pushed in the back room because of so much that happened great in this game. But, Andrew, we saw what he did in the preseason translate 100% to an actual game that counts. And he's got – I think he look I think he has more burst – than Latavius Murray ever did. I think he's going to get more touches than Latavius. Like, I think, I think Tony Jones might have 600 yards rushing this year.
0: So this is kind of a useless analytic nerd stat, but I, I did see a stat out there that Tony Jones was the second fastest to the line of scrimmage of wow. any running back in the NFL this week. Um, you know, measuring all the running backs – he was the second quickest to the line at about 2.5 seconds Uh, so it dude's